They're the granddaddy of ghost tales, conjuring up Victorian turrets, creaking doors, and pale apparitions. But what is it like when you're a real resident? Today, we're sharing stories about haunted houses with a very special guest. Welcome to Shadowland, everybody. Welcome. This is a podcast that shines a spotlight on stories of the supernatural, mysterious, eerie, and unexplained. Stuff like Missing 411. Places of Mystery. The Bermuda Triangle. Mysteries of the Unknown. Zombies. Interdimensional Beings. Visitation Dreams. Interdimensional Rock Seals. <laughs> Will- werewolves. Self-transforming machine elves. Astral projection. Teenage poltergeists. Ghost sex. Real-life gremlins. All that stuff. All that stuff and more. Lots more. I'm Christina Callery. And I'm Seth Jablon. And today, we're sharing stories about... Haunted houses. Haunted houses. And we have a very special guest with us today. Yes. Super excited about this. Um, please welcome to the show Mike Gabriel, who is an old friend of mine. And get this, guys. He grew up in a haunted house. And so he's going to share his stories today. So make sure you stay tuned for that. He's the headliner today. Um, welcome, Mike. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to, I mean, I've known a couple of people that have, that grew up with um, ghosts in their house, but like never had like a in-depth conversation. So I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. All right. Um, did you want to, did you want to start with some stories? Yeah. Of you know what? I've like got a story or, that I've maybe been. we'll get into Mike's backstory and. Yeah, totally. So there's a story that I've been wanting to do ever since I came across it and it's pretty recent and allegedly true and you wouldn't believe the rabbit holes I went down and there's like so much more to it and it is just crazy and it's also absolutely chilling like this one freaked me out I I'm not gonna lie last night I had a hard time falling asleep after I was finishing up my research oh dude wow I hate when that happens. <laughs> so this is um a haunted house in Gary, Indiana. And um, okay, wait, I think I know what this is. Okay, or, or, or not. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead sorry. <laughs> okay, so it started out in November of 2011. A woman named Latoya Ammons rented a home on Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana, and she moved in with her three children, two boys aged seven and nine, and a daughter aged 12. There was nothing remarkable about the place. We'll post pictures of it. It's basically your small, nondescript white house. Looked pretty much identical to the one surrounding it in the neighborhood. So from the outside, it's not something that you're immediately going to be like, oh, my God, haunted house, you know. Um, but things were apparently, and I mean, they were much different on the inside. So within a month after LaToya and her kids moved in, uh, the family began experiencing some really bizarre and disturbing things. So for starters, 
black flies swarmed the screened-in front porch, even though it was freezing outside. And this is in December. So if you know anything about that area of the country in December, it's it's cold. It's cold in the Midwest, and it's often snowy. So flies are dormant then. Like, they don't survive in those conditions. Um, This is not a thing. So that's, you know... Probably, I think, their first sign that something was was awry here. And LaToya's mother, who lived with them, her name was Rosa Campbell, told reporters, we killed them and killed them and killed them, but they kept coming back. So creepy. So LaToya and her mom also began hearing footsteps thumping up the stairs from the basement. I mean, of course, it's the basement. And... Basically, they would hear what sounded like someone climbing the stairs, and when the footsteps reached the top of the stairs, they would hear the creaking of the basement door swinging open as if someone were going to enter the kitchen, but no one was there. And in case you're thinking it was just air from a draft, this apparently would continue to happen if the family locked the door. Oof. Okay, I don't know. I just have a thing about basements. Like, ever since I was little. <laughs> there is just something, like, pure creepy about it. Like, like it's like be, something like about them being subterranean or something, yeah. you know? Just, they just look so scary. I remember I, I used to play in my grandma's basement, and the, and the the front part was cool. She had this fruit cellar we'd play store in, but then the back part, it was dark and dank, and I just knew somebody, something was there, someone or something. And so, like, I would sprint up the stairs, and uh, I was just sure something was going to grab my ankles. I don't know. I mean, as a kid, I I was pretty convinced. Yeah. (laughs) There's something about that, like, ankle grab, right? (laughs) It's like, don't, don't, uh, and we need to do an episode about this, but, like, the whole thing, do you guys ever have this, um, don't, like, or you have, when you're a kid or even now, (laughs) like, like, don't put a foot or, like, a hand over the bed. Yeah, something yeah. might grab you. Totally. That's not a bad segue for um, the the house that I grew up in and the the story I want to tell you guys today. Um, the uh, the when we moved into this house, uh, well, let me let me back up and I'll sort of set the stage. Um, I I grew up in a two story uh, house with an attic and a basement in a small uh, coal mining town in Pennsylvania. And uh, when we moved in, uh, the, the basement had a dirt floor, which I thought was kind of unusual. And um, we were told by the realtor that um, there was an elderly person who lived in the basement. Um, and there was a sort of a, a, a a curtain on a like a like a drawstring where this elderly person lived uh who was supposedly sick um may or may not have passed away in the basement um we weren't we weren't told that information but um it was unusual to move into a house uh with a dirt floor a dirt floor basement that was always cold was always damp and um, it had that uh, uh, a, a very heavy 
uh, unsettled sort of uh, vibe about it. Oh, man. I mean, there's something about a dirt floor, too. It's like, what's under there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, in the, so, in the rear of the, the uh, basement was like a, uh, like a small... Uh, I don't know if it was a storage room. It was, it was not big enough to be like a fruit cellar, but there was a door and this narrow, you know, maybe, maybe like 12, 14 inches deep by 10 long. Uh, it's just a very uh, creepy, uh, um, unsettling kind of, uh, uh, feeling being down there, uh, just very peculiar. Um, so my my family moved uh, into this home uh, when I was about five. It was the fall of 1976, and um, they were very proud. You know, they were they were young, uh, a young couple, uh, young parents, um, and uh, happy to be moving into this home. Uh, but r right out of the gate, um, things were just a little bit off. Um, I remember, uh, I think it was the first night. If it wasn't the first night, it was first or second night uh, where we were in the space and we were in the living room. Um, it was dark, early evening, uh, cold, fall, you know, in Pennsylvania, maybe October. Um, and I remember my father um, turning suddenly and looking up the steps to the second floor. And he got really quiet. And we all, you know, kind of listened, like, what, what's going on? And he either saw or heard something and tried to downplay it. Um, but I was a... I was kind of a perceptive kid, and even at five, I picked up on something being amiss. Um, so that that was the first first night. What I remember is being the first night in the house. But something and that was like a couple couple of days after you had moved in. Like so, it was like basically immediately. Yeah, it may have been the very first day. Um, oh wow! Okay, but oh, wow. it was oh. it was within the, the the you know the first maybe the first night we spent in the house, um, my dad was already sensing that there was something, uh, you know, uh, a, a little bit off. Um, my dad has, uh, well, he had some um, uh, uh, sensitivities. Um, his family, um, mother and aunt um, all had uh, some varying degrees of uh, extrasensory perception. Uh, one aunt on um, his mom's side was very psychic and um, would have um, premonitions, um, was, uh, was able to uh, hold uh, tea leave reading sessions, um, you know, predict the future, uh, read coffee grounds. And I think my father inherited okay, some of that. Yeah. Um, highly, highly psychic. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in, in this kind of household, um, with, with a dad who was, who was pretty sensitive, 
Um, my mom uh, was a little bit on the skeptical side, and I had a younger brother, two years younger than me. Um, so uh, we move into this house, and um, it's uh, um, it, it's a tough go. I, I, I think uh, you know they weren't financially really well off, and my dad um, set about um, you know kind of refurbishing. Uh, the house it was probably built in the 30s, but it had, it had terrible, uh, terrible features. It had a lot of, um, you know, bad, uh, bad tiles in the kitchen, uh, bad floor tiles, bad, uh, you know, uh, cabinets. Uh, the the house was uh, not. Um, you know, not really modern, not really uh, aesthetically that that interesting. So it kind of already had a creepy vibe, like it was in disrepair or something. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, it it was uh, was a little bit rundown. Uh, first floor was a uh, kind of a parlor uh, that was always cold. It was always drafty, um, and it was never really used. Uh, that then there was a living room as you you know, proceeded through the, through the front door living room and then a kitchen, um, and, uh, a back patio, um, just really a back porch, not, not anything, you know, too elaborate, but, um, second floor was, uh, the master bedroom, uh, a very small, uh, room that became my bedroom. Uh, my brother and I, um, had bunk beds and we were in a, in a very small room, probably only, you know, 10 by five or something. It was, it was pretty mm -hmm. tiny. Um, and then in an unfurnished or an unfinished attic, um, huh. bathroom on the, on the second floor, one bathroom and a, a hallway, um, you know, maybe 12 foot long hallway that led from, um, my my bedroom, my brother's bedroom, um, into the into the bathroom. So we had been living uh, in the house for maybe maybe six months to a year, and uh, I was outside with my dad. We were playing uh, playing catch. We were really into baseball, and um, my dad uh, looked up at the rear of the house, and and I remember him saying, "Where?" where's that window uh, what what room has uh has that window and he was just sort of sort of stymied but we discovered uh you know a hidden room oh no oh no wait what <laughs> there was a he's like seeing a window in this in the wall and he's like yeah. wait where is that window so, going into uh -oh. but there's no room yeah oh, exactly gosh. exactly oh, i love it so yeah in the middle of playing catch it's like huh <laughs> and he noticed something on day one too. On day one, but yeah, we had lived in the house for six months, like, there I said, for like six, six months, months to a year, and we never and realized they don't know there's another room in the house. That, that's the uh, realtor uh, never never mentioned it. So um, yeah, that was that was really peculiar, uh, and so we went in the house, and you know, 
your your first thoughts are like, well, what do we do? You know, we get a sledgehammer and and just you know start start knocking down and they're putting holes <laughs> through the wall to see see where this was. But um, it it was a little bit unnerving uh, to think of that. You know, there was this walled off space um, without any explanation right. as to why. Like so, what's in it? Yeah. Yeah. So why walled off? Yeah. So at the end of the hallway, um, my dad uh, took a nail and, and just started to hammer into the wall uh, that was adjacent to the bathroom. And he removed, removed the nail and looked through the nail hole and, and saw that that's where the window was that he could see from outside the house. So there was... Um, you know, sort of this A-frame room that that was, you know, maybe six feet tall, six six foot high by ten or twelve feet deep, um, just just walled off. Um, I I I would I can't imagine why somebody wouldn't want just that extra space for storage or um, you know put whatever you want in there so it was it was very odd uh to make this discovery and right. just logically really you know but was fit. it like built was it like built that way or was like a had a door been like walled like could you tell was it like like was it like they're like an old door that had been there and then they put a, did you ever figure that out like no. had it been built shut off because but then they also have a window in there that's even yeah, weirder. Right? Had a it's not like it's not like this just this like empty space it's like oh no there's a window so you would think that at some point there was a door right but i don't know yeah. it's even stranger to think that so why why go through the expense and the trouble oh uh, it's very edgar Allan poe <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 well it reminds me of the the Win the winchester house right right she built yeah. the, she built rooms for the ghosts mm -hmm. straight up mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. interfacing rooms that had no doors or or windows so so ghosts could live there Whoa. right so so <clears throat> so you guys find this room a secret room yeah. okay walled yes. off for no apparent reason you've and got I, a dirt imagine... floor in the basement your dad's yeah. seen something that's made him go huh you guys are six months into the house so when do you start noticing the, the any kind of phenomena shortly thereafter um the uh the house um you know i don't know if he disturbed something by by, uh, I was just gonna say, that. That. it's like, yeah, yeah, like you open the, you're it's like, you don't want to go in the room, but you want, you have to go in the room. <laughs> you open the, well, the, the portal. Yeah. Right around that time, the how it became apparent to me that that the house was very, was very noisy. Um, it was, uh, it was a very, um, it was a loud house, um, and it would, it would manifest itself. Um, at night through um through knocks or 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 thunks i i thought i thought a long time about how to describe this and um they they weren't um they weren't like uh cracks or creaks 
they were right, they right, were like house settling yeah right yeah, I mean, I, I'm six years old. I I, I would think well, maybe totally the house sound. would yeah. would settle, but there were there were knocks. There were random oh, knocks that um, that that we would all hear that night. Um, they they weren't um, identifiable as as being yeah, like a a snap or a creak or. Um, it didn't sound like uh, like metal um, or right. mostly like a you know it wasn't a thud it was an it was a knock <laughs> mm-hmm. okay if, um, if, if uh, yeah if you know what I mean um, let me refer, let me let me refer to yeah. my uh, my notes here uh, yeah not not loud enough to be a thud or a bang and um right it, so but it, like when you say knocked like it sounds like you know th- th- that's that's something um an intelligent being would make right or or some some intention behind it right like a knock is like yeah sounds like something or someone is 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 doing it right like a creak you know like things like that it's like but um, it's it wasn't yeah, a rumble. Just, it didn't have yeah, yeah. a deep resonance. It, it didn't have any any kind of sonic depth, like like a house settling. I mean, it, it was uh, arrhythmic, um, intermittent, um, random, just uh, just un, just knocks. Um, gotcha. Yeah. And w- were you like getting a vibe from your dad, who who you? you know, we're probably looking to <laughs> in all this. And you said he's sort of, sort of sensitive and like, were, were, were you getting the feeling that like your dad was creeped out by all this stuff or like, was he kind of trying to, um, you know, so, sort of soldier on for you guys or. Yeah. I, I think he was trying to protect all of us. Um, and, and I think he was withholding a lot of information because I uh-huh. only oh. found out about the house or yeah. that he was, Ooh, 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 okay, house. keep going. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so the knocks. Okay, so what else? Well, um, I only found out later that, you know, during this time frame, you know, roughly when I was um, six to about nine, um, he was experiencing all, all kind of peculiar, unexplainable things. Um, he told me years later that... Um, he was in the living room one day and he saw um, a shadow uh, go across the back porch and he said that um, it looked like a, a, a man with a with a trench coat and a, and a hat. What? Your dad um, saw a hat man. Wait, like a top hat hat or he like said, a bowler hat? He said more he like a like a film noir character, like somebody hat from man. the 30s uh, or, uh, or 40s. We did an episode, Hat Man. Uh-oh. It's a Ghost common shadow hat person is like a thing. entity it's like that people thing. see. It's a thing. Yeah. But it was it was so distinct um, that he, he went to the door and he was about to say, can I help you? He he was so convinced that someone was on our back porch, right. um, and that they had a hat in this attire that was thirty years out of, out of date. You know, 
this was like something from 1947 and uh you know he kind of he just sort of shrugged it off and uh and didn't think um too much more about it um my mom um later uh years later reported um that there was a, a time when um she was seated at the kitchen table and she was uh she had the checkbook out and she was she was writing um she was doing the bills she was writing a writing a check dressing an envelope and she felt a hand gently stroke the top of her head and go from oh, the, the front of her head gently just gently along the edge of her hair down towards yeah. the base of her oh, head God, dude, that's so creepy <laughs> yeah wow okay yeah not like a hand on the shoulder but no someone stroking the top of her head yeah and and that that very tactile sensation you know of your of your hair you know um being being just lightly touched um she also said uh she went to turn a, a light on in the living room and as she was sorry to... seth and i are both stroking our heads right now yeah, trying yeah. to like we're, replicate we're that like, sorry go ahead. go ahead yeah yeah everybody everybody <laughs> do it you know you know, you can you can feel it right without without yeah. really even uh without really even doing it um yeah but um, another time, yeah, my mother said she went to uh, turn a, a light switch on, and as she was flipping the switch, um, a hand uh, rested on the back of her hand and gently stroked from the top of her fingertips oh down God. to her wrist. Jeez. I mean, this is, is it a like handsy better ghost. that it's, yeah, it's really handsy, but is it better that it was gentle or is like the stroking thing just like yeah did she have a sense of the vibe like <laughs> yeah was yeah it... was it threatening was it sexual yeah was it, or... it, uh, she never said you know just trying to said. reach out just trying to make a connection maybe yeah it's yeah. interesting i don't know i don't know but um around this time um my dad said um he uh was waking up one one morning and he heard um he heard the sounds of uh scissors uh, going going around his head he heard this scissors you know snipping snipping, snipping snipping all around his all around his head three 360 degrees and he s slowly you know came came out of sleep and this this sound just kind of uh kind of kind of drifted drifted off and uh, you know, he thought you know, it was just a dream or, you know, but a few days later, he was out doing some gardening in the front of the house and he was approached by someone in the neighborhood um, who introduced himself and said, oh, I, I knew the previous owner. He was a barber. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So that was... Uh, strange coincidence or is that you know some indication uh that the previous owner was was still there in, in some form uh, and that's and then and touching your mom's hair too yeah right, right yeah that's interesting too yeah 
Yeah, so uh, around this time, the first year or so, um, we had uh, an altercation uh, with the neighbor who was right next door. Um, initially, he was very friendly, um, and he wanted to share the, uh, the walkway uh, between the houses. Um, my father, you know, thought this was a fine idea. Um, he wanted to have like uh, access to a, a small latch on a, on a gate. And he wanted to come and go between his property and our property. Um, mm -hmm. and then uh, my dad went and um, I guess he went to the, to the city or to the board, whatever, the zoning board, and he, he got the actual, uh, uh, I guess, the, the, the like specifications. The, the boundaries the, or whatever. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, exactly. And he found out that, you know, the, the walkway was on our property, um, and he, he didn't want the neighbor to have access to this walkway and this gate into, into our yard. Um, and uh, he let him know about it, and that that caused a, a, a really strange rift um, between us and this neighbor. This, this, this guy was an older um, Italian immigrant, Italian, um, you know, very old world kind of um, traditions and um, English was a second language. Um, my dad was Italian and, you know, we thought they would get along. This would be great, but um, it uh, it quickly went wrong, um, and this was the type of neighbor where if we were playing ball in the backyard and the ball went over the fence, he would he'd go out take the ball and not return it. You know he couldn't be bothered to like throw it over the fence and give it back to us. So he he started to hold this this really weird grudge against us. I mean, footballs, baseballs, frisbees, all kinds of stuff were was landing in his yard. And um, we would have to uh, either surreptitiously kind of scale the fence, get it, and run back over, or else we would we would lose whatever whatever it was that landed over there. Um, I, I mention this um, because <laughs> years later, um, I was I was a teenager, like you know, so jumping ahead a few years. Um, I, I caught this guy, um, walking the periphery of the house, mumbling and spitting on the property and rubbing dirt between his fingertips. And almost like he was casting a spell. He was uh, oh, no. gesturing like and old Italian mumbling. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, I don't know if uh, the, the paranormal happenings were somehow linked to him, uh, his relationship with the previous owner, but it, it's, it's possible that, you know, he contributed to the overall negative psychic energy uh -huh. that, vibes. Was, that was right. around the house yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so i went <laughs> and it's strange that he still wanted a connection to to your house with that walkway like he wanted right. some kind of yeah um mm -hmm. i went uh 
I don't know. I don't know why, but one uh, one Halloween, one one Devil's Night, and Christina knows a lot about that. And growing up in the Detroit area, but I I uh, I asked my dad if it, if I could soap this guy's car and egg his car, and my dad said, <laughs> "That's yeah, very polite ahead. of you." <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I was thinking, but my dad gave me permission to go out and I, I like let the air out of one of his tires and I soaked and egged his car. And I was like, what, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of morals uh, or ethics was I, was I learning there? It was a different time. Really, really dumb because it was obvious that, you know, that I had done it. It couldn't have just been this random right, thing right. that this guy was targeted in the neighborhood, but um, there was, there was just some weird form of retaliation or something, but I felt bad about that. Um, <laughs> and, um, well, anyway, when, when I found him, um, performing this, this hex or, or ritual, I went in the house and I, I told my mom, it's like, you know, this, this neighbor is... <laughs> It's too bad you couldn't post that on next door. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He's spitting. He's spitting on the house. Um, he's walking a few steps and through this walkway, spitting on the house. He'd walk a few more steps, rub some dirt between his fingers, spit on the house, and then you know mumble some kind of what sounded like a like a curse or spell or a, oh or a hex. So. She wasn't having it. She like marched marched down the steps. She confronted him. I remember she was on the back porch looking down at him, uh, called him out, asked him what he was doing. He denied it. She said, are you spitting on my house? Are you spitting? And he, he tried to like, um, uh, he tried to like get closer to her and was trying to shout her down. And I remember her just spitting in his face. Uh, it made her it made a real impression that she just really, you know, uh, dredged one up and you know landed it right in his face. I remember this oh my God. guy with his chinos and his, you know, he pulled out a white hanky and and uh, wiping his face. So uh, it was a a contentious moment, and um, there was just all kind of oddness you know looking back on it now uh that that went on that went on with the next door neighbor um so uh i take it your uh, mom didn't do that on a regular basis no no she wasn't a brawler or she had a she had a temper i mean she she was pretty pretty quick to anger but um never had i seen her do anything like that um it was it was a very uh, uh, explosive kind of memorable moment and and really yeah, I'm sure that's like burned in your memory yeah yeah right just this guy and then your the thing with your mom and when you're when you're young I don't know how old you were at this point but um, you know these are even more magnified right in, in childhood seeing something like that yeah and so then okay so this is going on so there's weirdness sort of with the neighbor negativity swirling around the house 
are you are you seeing things are you like did you see any shadows moving did you did anything sort of progress inside the house or was this just kind of happening here or there or like you know over the years how long were you there for uh i i think i was uh five until i was 18 and, and went so, to oh, so the, yeah grew up there basically yeah, yeah. wow so, and so did it just was this just happening the whole time you were there? Was there any sort of progression? Did things fade? Like what what happened after this incident? Yeah, you know? things started to escalate. Um Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um quite quite dramatically. Um Whoa, okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can okay. edit out all the all the backstory. <laughs> we could jump right in. Um my uh my my father, uh, you know, we, we grew up. Uh, religious. Uh, it was a Catholic household, and um, we we did uh, also ad- adhere to, you know, s- some rituals, some some superstitions. Uh, you know, like my my father kept a strip of uh, birch bark in the door frame, in the front door. Uh, I, I don't I don't know the 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 uh, history of that, but the the significance was it was supposed to ward off, you know, sort of any any evil spirit, any e- evil entity coming into the house. But uh, we started to have you know problems from within. Uh, one of the other other kind of annual rituals was uh, we would have a priest come uh, and bless the house. I, I don't I don't know if that's common in, in communities okay. where you grew up but yeah we were we were roman catholic and um a priest would come uh stand at the front door and I, I think he would come in and he would he would wouldn't go into the second second floor but he would maybe come in and uh stand at the base of the steps and bless the house but he certainly came to the front door and and did the first the, the front of the house so uh when when we uh when we were five, six, seven, eight years old, um, we would say our prayers uh, before, bre- before bed. Um, we, would, we would kneel down in front of our bunk bed, um, say, you know, uh, a prayer or two. And um, if my dad was the one uh, sort of tucking us in for the night, um, he would make a small crucifix in the corner of our our pillows he would give us a kiss goodnight pull the covers up and then he would do a you know a a, a vertical uh, a cross, just uh-huh. cross with his thumb always with his thumb his thumb uh fingernail thumbnail uh he would go north to south and then uh you know like east to west right or west to east mm-hmm. he would make the sign of the cross every night Every night, that was that was the ritual when he was when he was putting us to bed. Um, one did night, you, did you get the sense that he was doing this because of what was happening in the house, or was this like a thing that, given wherever you live, that that might have been he might have been doing, or was it not clear? Not not clear. Yeah, not clear. I don't, okay. I don't know. Just curious. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know like if that just, was. Yeah. yeah, it's so specific. It seems like he's yeah. Like, 
maybe having a sort sort of inner you know life about this whole thing that he's trying to deal with it in his way you know yeah now his his father uh was a first generation uh, italian immigrant um who who passed away when he was four or five um Mm -hmm. he was raised by his mom and um grandmom and grandfather so this may have been some you know old world old world yeah 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 right um, thing that they did yeah i mean okay. it was a small coal mining town they had outhouses he didn't he didn't have any mm-hmm. like indoor an indoor bathroom um you know until he was you know older so it may have just been kind of an old world um catholic tradition but i um i remember uh one night uh, being asleep in my bed and um, the very distinct um, sound and physical impression of two thumbs on either side of my head jabbing into the pillow and slowly dragging down the length of my head towards my shoulders. And I could hear the sound of a fingernail across the cotton pillowcase. Whoa. Oh my gosh. So you could slow. feel it and hear it. Uh, yeah. Were you were your eyes open? Oh uh, they they were, yeah, eventually. They were then. <laughs> I mean, I, I woke up uh, and was uh, yeah, terrified. Yeah, yeah. Cause this this was this was kind of escalating this was going into another direction where you know i i i felt uneasy uh at times in the house i felt extremely uneasy in the basement i i hated being tasked with going to get some canned good or or some uh you know detergent or or you know they had their washer and dryer down in the basement but i was often sent down there to go get something and i hated going in the basement um, the attic was really, uh, you know, kind of just floorboards, exposed A-frame, um, mm-hmm. you know. So that had a that had a real uh, unwelcoming uh, sort of feeling uh, as well. Um, but uh, after after this incident, you know, um, I equated the the motion the two the two thumb motions with the as you know as sort of being a mockery of the two thumb motions oh Oh, that's where you're going with the crucifix kind of the sign of the cross because it was a thumb and so in the same spot things but this was yeah this was always my dad would always do it just in the corner of of our pillow he'd just make a oh so it's almost like canceling it out or something yeah almost like a, like a mockery it. Right. of it of this ritual that this just little private thing that my dad never really talked about he oh just did God, it dude. and it was like what is dad doing oh he's making a little, freaked out here. <laughs> a little crucifix or a little cross so then mm. then um this occurred and uh yeah then 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 things started to get um a, a little more haywire the knocking uh continued um it, you, i guess you could call it rapping or you know maybe maybe like thunks but uh mm-hmm. not 
not like dead weight dropping, but, but it would just be mm -hmm. this random, mm -hmm. this random knock sound. And around this time, I also started to hear uh, footsteps in the hallway outside of my uh, bedroom. At night? We had, you know, all, all, always at night. It was never, never during the day. We had oh, okay. 70s, you know, shag, shag carpet. And there was uh, an incessant shuffling sound, um, just this feet dragging on a shag carpet. It would meander and wander, you know, back and forth through the hall nightly. Were your, would your door be closed? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there was, it, I mean, I'm assuming you look and there's nothing there or you couldn't see anything through the crack under the door or anything. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there were there were times where, you know, I would I would be, uh, you know, really unnerved, uh, not really, uh, you know, relishing getting up and having to use the bathroom or anything. But um, <laughs> that that was a that was a constant thing. And it was it was I grew up kind of an anxious kid. You know, I had trouble sleeping and there was always this like, oh, yeah, uh, I would... uh, this. <laughs> It, pity yeah. your stomach is always uh, kind of on edge, you know. Um, so, um, did you talk about this anybody at the time? Like, were you? Were you? Did you talk to your dad or friends or anybody? Were you like, oh my god, I think there's something in the house? Or was that even a conscious thought then? Or were you just creeped out and really didn't want to even investigate it? Like, what were? You, what was going through your? mind in your inner life when, when, when all this is happening? Well, I, I, um, you know, uh, I grew up with, uh, TV horror hosts, you know, it was it'd be a cold Saturday in Pennsylvania, there'd be six feet of snow outside and I would watch, uh, you know, monster mania. I'd watch a, you know, triple bill horror story, you know, marathon. And, uh, I really liked horror movies. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, is this happening because you want it to happen, <laughs> or <laughs> oh, interesting, like, interesting, consciously that you're you're projecting or you're imagining that something is is really amiss, or is is something uh, unexplainable going on? Um, I remember, like, so you're not sure if this is all in your mind or not, right? You, right, you think. I yeah. see. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my, I guess that my, would be a natural thought. Yeah. My suspicion, you know, especially after, you know, the hearing this, this shuffling in the hall, it was that, yeah, this, this is, this is something out of the, uh, out of the norm, out of something unusual is, is happening in the house. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, around, um, this is a few years later, I'm maybe uh, nine or 10, um, there were um, more um, unexplainable uh, occurrences happening in the hallway and in the, now it was in the bathroom um, where I would be uh, taking a shower. Um, we always, you know, took showers at the, 
six thirty, seven o'clock at night, and then we would come downstairs, watch TV for an hour, and then turn in. Um, but while while taking a shower, there would be this um, random arrhythmic thumping that would start from two or three inches from the base of the of the bathroom door and rapidly go to the top of the door Ooh. and then go back Ooh. down again. And it Whoa, was a, like it somebody's was knocking a, out there. Yeah, it was a up and down. And it would go six feet up. Up the door and down. Oh my and then God. down um, in, a, in a linear way, north, you know, south, straight up north, and down. Yeah. straight up and then down. Um, and it, it's and it seemed uh, it, it was a it was a heavy it was a heavier thud I think than I just did like it didn't sound like a single knuckle knock it was more of like a like a palm or a or a or a three finger kind of knuckle rack like enough to shake the door a little bit yeah. I mean, and there's like, there's no explanation of what that could be, you know, like a natural, you no, know, like no, right? you no. can't replicate that. No. So I remember like tearing, tearing open the, the shower curtain, tearing, tearing open the door, you know, calling my brother's name. And he'd be downstairs watching TV. What? What do you want? You know, and that happened uh, a number of times. Really unnerving. Um, talked to my father about it. He thought maybe, you know, he came upstairs and he looked at it and he, he thought maybe there was some, some kind of air rising from the oh, second, dad. first floor to the sweet. second floor. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was being sweet. No, no explanation. Yeah. Nothing he could tell yeah. me would convince me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm sure he was like, oh, it's the fucking ghost again. Right. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to obviously tell you that, right? I'm right. just imagining, but. Right. But right. yeah, like, did you, you know, we we talk about um, in a lot of these stories sometimes the sense people have of whatever this phenomena is, whatever this entity is, somehow trying to elicit a, a response of fear, right? That somehow these phenomena can like, feed off the feeling of fear. Like, did you ever get the sense that something was trying to scare you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Around, around this time, um, you know, and, and culturally, you know, this is the, the era of uh, Amityville horror and a lot of mm -hmm. uh, satanic panic movies were, yeah, there was a lot, um, you know, that you would see on, on, four o'clock news or, or PM magazine at seven o'clock, you know, there were these, um, there's uh, kind of creepy unexplained things happening in the culture. I, I followed all that stuff. I was really into, you know, contemporary horror films and, um, I, I, I was, you know, trying to make sense of it all. But, uh, around this time I, I started to believe that, whatever was provoking these uh, incidents was, was malicious. Um, yeah. After the, 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 the knocking on the door, my brother experienced it too. Um, there was, uh, yeah, there was j just something, 
uneasy and, and weird about this second floor, uh, the, the, the hallway and um, the bathroom. Um, a, a few years after the, the knocking, and the knocking happened, it happened, it happened more than once, you know, it, it, it happened a handful of times and, you know, without, without any kind of uh, believable uh, explanation. Um, but I started to get uh, just random nosebleeds, um, profuse, oh my God. unprovoked nosebleeds. Um, and I, I learned later that sometimes when um, children are in a, in a house that, that may have um, a paranormal presence and they're nearing puberty, that 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 child is emitting a, a lot of psychic energy, mm -hmm. uh, mm, just like just natural phenomenon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, if there is a spirit in the house, a malevolent spirit can be attracted to that that energy and and use that and um, you know amplify uh, right. its its sort of malicious intent. So. Um, the nosebleeds were, uh, they were very shocking. Um, like I said, they, uh, no, no uh, medical explanation. Uh, we, sought, uh, we sought advice or uh, recommendations from doctors, but I would get nosebleeds. Um, it could be any time of the day. Um, the most dramatic one, I think, was the first one. I was in the shower. Um, I had just washed my face and I had my eyes closed. I was, I was rinsing off. And when I opened my eyes, I was completely covered in blood. Oh my God. Head, head oh, to dude. toe. Whoa. And um, I had seen Psycho. <laughs> my mother let me watch uh, the, a 4, 4 p.m. Uh, dialing for dollars version. Again, another time. Psycho. <laughs> another time. Right. Yeah, I was, I was six or seven, and she, oh and God, she allowed dude. me to watch Psycho. So, uh, you know, that image. So that's in your head. Wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. What the hell's what's going on? You know, at that age, um, you know, you, you hear from the older kids at school about, uh, puberty adolescence and it's like is this is this normal is what what's happening you know with my body um right so you're, how old are you like here like about 12 or something like that uh yeah maybe 11 11 12 mm -hmm. uh but com completely covered in blood um and i and i i didn't have any explanation for it um, could could something with the steam and water molecules or, or something in the shower have um, popped a blood vessel? I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know, but um, I would get nosebleeds at, at random times in the, of the day, you know? Mm. Um, so that was... Uh, one of the one of the next things I think in the evolution of of the um, of the house, um, uh, and then I think when I was about thirteen, fourteen, maybe a year or two after the nosebleeds, uh, my dad redid the attic. Um, he 
thought, uh, you know, my brother and I were, were old enough now, we should have more space, we should, we should uh, have bigger, uh, a bigger bedroom. So he redid the attic. Um, he was an incredible handyman, like he put the carpeting down, he installed um, uh, heat, he did uh, a fantastic job, like uh, paneling um, the bedroom. And he, um, he put a drop ceiling in. So there are like metal uh, slats or, or, or like a grid that um, was, was across the, the, a, the, a, the A-frame, the pitch, I guess, of the, of the attic roof. And there were, you know, like these rectangular shape acoustic tiles. There may be. Sure. Like you might see in an office or something yeah. like that. Like it's like yeah. acoustic tile. Yeah, yeah. Late 70s, early 80s, you know, it had, yep, yep. had that, that feel to it. So there were, they, they, um, they ran uh, across the width of the bedroom. And they were about two feet long and four feet two feet wide, four feet long. And two of them were um, covered with a, a plastic, uh, flexible, uh, you know, translucent material where, where fluorescent uh, lights mm-hmm. w- were uh, behind. So that was, that was our main light source. We had these two plastic um, textured, they, they had, uh, yeah, it's like a frosted plastic. Yeah, yeah. It's a lighting fixture. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, again, like maybe two feet by four feet. Um, but kind of, you know, when uh, have you ever like made a lightning sound by like shaking um, uh, like a thin like a piece, piece of, of steel plexiglass or, or something? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. That sound. So they were it's flexible like that way, <laughs> but they yeah, were textured right. like a kind of like an yeah. old-fashioned like like shower stall. Like they had that that mm-hmm. uh, dimpled sort of uh, texture. Yep. So uh, one night, my brother and I are, are laying in bed, where lights are off. We're 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 still talking and you know about to to go to sleep when um all of a sudden um one of the light panels um elevates and it sounds as if uh, uh, a hand or a finger drags along the panel slowly so you can hear the 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 ripple texture goes the length of the panel and drops it so it it falls with a so you actually as if there were a hand there pushing up on it you can actually see it kind of rise a little bit like it has something there inside the auditory sensation of it being raised on one side and then extending the four feet down the length of it and then bam and then drops so you got this And then it was as if a person turned 90 degrees, took two steps, raised their hand, lifted the panel, and then walked in the opposite direction against the second light panel 
and went bam. I did. And we, yeah, we were we were screaming at that point. We were we were just so freaked out because there's no no uh, logical explanation for that. So. <laughs> You know, my dad's like, what, what is going on? He comes running up into the attic and, um, you know, we told him what happened, turns the light on. He's, you know, he said, well, maybe there was a squirrel. <laughs> maybe a squirrel got in. Dad, he's in trying to. Yeah, no. Attic. Yeah, God bless him. You know, he, uh, he really tried to allay our fears, but, um, yeah, we were, we were terrified, you know, um, that was. A, a a physical manifestation of something going on, and it was um, an auditory an auditory uh, experience. Um, and it seemed like the, the these phenomenon. I mean, maybe you're just telling it from your perspective, but it seems like it's like a lot of it's focused around you. I mean, did you get the sense that that is what was happening, or or do you think? your parents were, were, you know, your dad was ex experiencing some of these things or was it, did it seem to be focusing on you? I think it was focusing on me. Yeah. 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 My, my brother didn't, didn't experience anything different than the things that I experienced. Um, mm. but he didn't, he didn't really report anything like happening in the, in his pillowcase or he didn't, he didn't. He never really talked about the shuffling in the in the hallway, um, mm -mm. but the the he didn't have nosebleeds either. Mm -hmm. So I don't know mm -hmm. if there's uh, if I had a physical abnormality. You know, if there was something in in my you know biology that was causing the nosebleeds. But he didn't have nosebleeds. He did hear these these light fixtures um, elevate and then drop. Uh, and he did experience the, the banging on the bathroom door. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, all you have is your perspective, but I mean, just in terms of like what's happening in the house and at least what did you, have you talked to your uh, br brother later in life or was this just all from what you discussed at the time? Like, have you. Yeah, he he can recall those those incidents, um, but he's um, he's a little more of a realist and a scientist, and he, uh, mm -hmm. he doesn't put a lot of uh, credence in in paranormal activities. But um, mm -hmm. I did experience um, a time when I was sixteen, seventeen, where I I dealt with depression and. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, there's a there's a fire truck going by. Oh, uh, no worries. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. You can keep going. All right, I'm, I'm muted, but maybe maybe you can't hear it now. Um, but I remember ha having some uh, some real suicidal thoughts, um, and I and it would occur when I was in the bathroom. I would go in the bathroom, really? and I would I would yeah. Um, just remember did you make that connection then no or is this like no later you were like huh that happened when i was in this particular place wow do you recall it kind of um stopping when you left the bathroom would it kind of 
be like sort of a yeah yeah and i remember i, I read horror comic books i was really into like the, the dc line of like ghost and tales of the haunted house mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. tales of mystery I, I read the warren magazines creepy and eerie and there was um I made a weird connection because of comic books where um, I started to pick up uh, uh, an odor in the bathroom and it smelled like sulfur. It smelled really mm. bad. Um, and it, it seemed to be coming from the drain in the bathtub. And I, I remember um, making this connection like, oh, well, that's, you know... <laughs> In the comic books, that's that's how they indicate the presence of a, a demon or a, or mm -hmm. an evil, you know an evil entity that they're that's accompanied with this foul smell, you know this like rotten egg smell. Mm -hmm. I remember like oh, I remember like looking in the drain or like you know um, getting like putting my nose up to the drain and in the tub and thinking like there was a very peculiar smell and having suicidal thoughts being in the bathroom with scissors nosebleeds you and, know and mm -hmm. and thinking like yeah you could you could do it right now you know you could kill yourself with these scissors you know with you scissors oh my god yeah things like that you know that were just um you, you really um uh, uncharacteristic i mean i was uh I was a popular kid. I was academically, I was doing well in school. I was involved with, uh, uh, with sports. I played uh, baseball. I pitched a no hitter when I was 11, mm -hmm. but then I, you know, I was on the honor roll and Dean's list or whatever, but then I would have these weird moments uh, where I would become very suicidal and only in the bathroom. Only when I was near yeah. the bathroom, using the bathroom, exiting, you know, the shower. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I think we've all, you know, um, you know, had thoughts like that at some point in our lifetime, mm -hmm. right? Like it's part of the human experience and, you know, but th there is something that, that feels sort of added or connected to all this in yeah. there, right? The fact that you remember the scissors and like, and then it had to do with this place where you were experiencing other things. Like you could almost take, you know, a lot of parts of this story where it's like, okay, this weird altercation, you know, the nosebleeds. I mean, kids get nosebleeds, but there's something that sort of pervades through all these moments that makes it feel connected. And, you know, just the tone of, of that with, with scissors like that is such a specific thing um and obviously the fact that this guy was a barber and your dad had heard these scissor sounds oh my god it's fucking terrifying dude <laughs> like i didn't i didn't even know. make that connection when you said oh, really? it but yeah oh, yeah 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 um very peculiar very odd tell you the truth i didn't make that connection until you just said it either you know really scissors just scissors just came into my in my head, I, I, I haven't really talked about this. Sure. My bouts with suicide and I haven't vocalized it. So it's like that, that, yeah. I mean, no, I never, I never thought, you know, it was just, 
the tool that was there in the bathroom. You know, it's like the, right. if there was a if there was a box cutter or a utility knife, would I would I have you know, or a straight razor, would I have gravitated towards that, or was it was it something specifically about the scissors? Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. pretty that's mm-hmm. pretty heavy to think about. Wow. It is. Yeah. So, so were there were there other oh yeah um and this is this is the last i think the last thing i can i can leave you on um uh by the time i'm uh now 15 to 17 um i would uh i would stay up late on the first floor uh and i'd watch the horror movies we we would have um our local uh host out of wilkes-barre uh his name was Uncle Ted. He had a Monster Mania <laughs> show uh, that came on after oh, the eleven o'clock it. news. Yeah, he wore a uh, a fez hat, and he he performed really bad ma- magic tricks. It was really corny, and then he would he would give like a Bella Lugosi laugh, and then he would you know introduce the film. Um, so I was a bit of a night owl. Um, I would I would stay up. Um, watch watch late night movies and um i i started dating uh you know 16 17 so a lot of times you know i i would have a girlfriend over we'd watch movies together we would we would uh spend time in the living room um alone um and i remember uh one night uh i don't i don't know if i dropped her off or i came back and i I finished watching the movie but it was you know maybe maybe midnight one o'clock turn the tv off and the the power wouldn't completely shut down um the audio went off but uh there was still an image on the screen like oh that's that's unusual um and uh went to bed didn't you know didn't think too much about it so you just like left it left it on you left it it was still on quote yeah i thought well maybe there's some residual uh electricity there's still some current that's powering the tv uh and it'll just it'll just die off you know it'll, it'll go down um, but then, um, it happened again. Uh, this time the, the TV would go to static. There'd be no, no sound. Um, but the, you know, I guess it's, you know, uh, I was thinking about this the other day too, because like, you know, young people don't really have <laughs> screens that are just full static. You know, this is the, this is the time before, you know, you had, you had streaming before you know there were there were three major networks in the pbs channel mm-hmm. you know we would get a station from philly or new york or whatever but um uh, there there were this era doesn't know like a vertical control or a horizontal control you know when this when the screen would roll um but uh the screen would go to uh white noise or static Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it happened uh, three, four times, uh, and then there were there was a time where I would say, "Well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see 
how long this would last. Um, turn the TV off and uh, just white noise static. And it was so unsettling that, you know, after 20, 20 30 minutes, um, I, I, I had to leave. I mean, I, I was just like, this is, this is really, this is really odd. You know, get up in the morning, um, you know, mom and dad wouldn't say the TV was on or you left the TV on last night or anything like that. So it eventually would go off. Um, it, it must have happened like six or seven times, um, you know, seventh or eighth time. Um, again, midnight, one o'clock. Turn the TV off. Uh, it goes to static. And I said, all right, this time I'm going to unplug it from the wall. So there can't be any residual charge right, or any phantom right. power or anything. But I remember unplugging the TV from the wall and it stayed on. TV stayed on. God. What? For like a half hour. What? And, I, and it was again, it was in one, another night where I was like, I, I, I'm not going to wait anymore. <laughs> like I just... Um, I was just so unnerved, you know, sitting there in the dark at that hour of the night uh, with, the, with the TV just uh, emitting this, uh, this white noise. Um, so, I, yeah. Was it the, I'm sure you saw static on the TV in other situations. Was there anything different about it other than the fact that the TV was unplugged? No, there was, there was but no there was, no, there was no same. Yeah, there was yeah, none of that. Was very... Yeah, it was right. just... It was just but they, that, visually um, it looked the same. It was just not yeah. supposed to be happening, basically. Yeah, it didn't dim or get fainter. Um, mm -hmm. it, it just uh, it just looked like you turned to a channel that you you didn't get reception uh, to, and it, it just looked like you know it just looked like a, a, a channel that you you just didn't get. You know, it just was just static. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, people, you know, they, they didn't grow up where you, where you had to like physically mm -hmm. turn the channel and you would come across a couple of those, yeah, right. Yeah. Where it was just white oh, noise. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that, uh, that was, that was probably the, the last significant, um, unexplainable phenomenon before, before I left and I went, I went to college, started college when I was 18. However, um, years later, I had graduated, left the house, and um, my mom got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, and um, she'd been living in the house for, you know, 20 years, somehow missed the turn uh, to go down the hallway, and she tumbled down the second Floor steps, thirteen oh, no. steps. So um, she found out, fell down the steps, um, tore her um, her uh, her shoulder, her uh, her rotary cuff, oh. um, mm -hmm. dislocated a leg, broke a bone in her foot. Um, very, very unusual uh, uh, occurrence. Um, and she was, she was never the same after that. Um, 
and for the longest time I thought I thought maybe um, maybe she was pushed uh, or maybe she was uh, you know something had uh, obscured her senses her vision and uh, uh, I, I just I couldn't understand how she could mm. not make this turn out of her bedroom like I said that she'd been making you know nightly for 20 odd years right she right. just Some stepped, she probably do in the dark and yeah she just stepped yeah. right off i asked her about it and um she said yeah it was just like her body was in motion and it was like stepping over a precipice and she said her foot was uh, elevated you know and not coming down and she just said oh no and she she went head over heels and tumbled tumbled down the steps um, that led to a whole series of, of health issues and uh, uh, she never she never really recovered um, my my dad ran down the stairs uh, to try to help her he called um, he called 911 uh, ambulance came the police came and kept him away from her uh, because they thought it was a domestic abuse situation. And oh. they, they thought he was a suspect. They thought maybe that he had, oh. he had caused the accident. Um, but it was uh, just another unusual tie-in with that, that second floor hallway and, and mm. bathroom, that house. By the, the bathroom. The whole thing um, was, was really, you know, it really odd, really unnatural, and um, sometimes you know I I would feel like I, I am I, am I feeling anxiety or am I feeling some kind of paranormal situation? You know, you would get that tingling mm -hmm. feeling in your gut, mm -hmm. like you knew something was wrong, and it's like, is this my body uh, just just overreacting or reacting to something or is there is this something causing this is there something directly uh triggering these sensations in me? so um my parents uh a few years after that uh sold the house um i offered to come back and help them move out um they they accepted the offer and then at the last minute uh my my father said no you know we we could handle it you don't have to you don't have to come back and he uh, they left uh left the house left all the furniture in the house and okay. left it for the the new homeowners wow. and the new wow. buyers yeah they just they just abandoned it they just left in a hurry and I remember talking to him like, you can't do that. You can't leave TV and a sofa. And he was like, mm. they're like that fucking TV. You better, better believe we are. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a very peculiar uh, uh, childhood adolescence. Wow. It was, uh, there was a wow, lot of unease. Yeah. I'm so sorry about your mom. And yeah, I'm sorry to hear that about your mom. I, I, it's like, I remember, you know, I think one of the first things when I met you years ago, we kind of bonded talking about paranormal stuff. And I knew you'd mentioned at the time you'd grown up in a, you know, haunted house, but I didn't know all of this. That's just, 
Wow. So many. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is like a whole, this is a family story too, right? Like this yeah. is, and so did, did you, after they left, did you ask them directly ever at any point, like, hey, what do you think was going on in there? Did, did, or, or did you just sort of, was it just sort of an unspoken thing or were, do you think they didn't want to talk about it or, or what? Well, I would talk to my dad about it. My, my mom uh -huh. was just generally dismissive or, or mm -hmm. not really interested in talking, but my, my dad, I, the, the most I could get out of him was, was, yeah, there was, there was something, there was something going on. There was, there was some, something going yeah. on there because I yeah, I would sure. ask him about the new house um, because as I as I got older and started to read up on you know paranormal activities and stuff I was worried that something maybe traveled was going to come with to the, to the new house yeah. and he said no the new house is quiet he described it as quiet um, um, there was there were no knocks there yeah that's no telling knocks. yeah no raps he said the new house is quiet he said you know the only sound we hear is like when a when a, a twig or a, a tree branch might fall on the roof or something. And he said, that's it. But he didn't have that uneasy, uh, unsettled feeling that, that I had, that I grew wow. up. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend who, um, like I said, in the beginning of the show that, um, she grew up in a house, nothing like this, right. Totally different situation, but where, there was a cold spot on the landing of the stairs and they would see shadow people mm. uh, so, like, and she didn't like it at all. She was chased into her room once and they like whatever it was shook the door wow. and she would complain to her parents and her parents were like not plussed by the whole thing. Yeah. And when they moved, it came with them. Oh no. And when it came with them, she was like, what the fuck guys, you guys moved. And they were like, yeah, we brought it with us basically. <laughs> and they were like, not, worried about no, it but no they weren't deal. experienced no big deal but it was obviously a different you know to her it was a very scary thing she was growing up there to them it wasn't but this sounds the nature of it like totally different mm -hmm. like um whatever this was i mean so i guess what i would ask you is like what do you think happened what, what do you think was going on like in your best perception you don't have to justify anything like what do you really think was going on in this house I, I think there was one entity, maybe two, um, that um, that did, just didn't want us there. I, mm -hmm. I think when when we moved in, you know, I was uh, I was five. My brother was three. We, we we were we were noisy. You know, we're noisy children. We 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 were constantly, you know. Um, playing playing ball in the house playing basketball playing nerf nerf hoop playing you know we would we would uh, throw wiffle balls around we were always in the backyard playing football playing uh, run the bases you know um every every season i i think you know it would change whatever sport it was but um you know we had friends over uh we had birthday parties there so i think it was more then the entity uh, could could accept, and um, there there may have been there may have been two there may have been a second one. Both of mm -hmm. both I I think um, were were probably uh, probably had malicious intent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it did. Mm -hmm. 
there was never a sense of of benevolence or pacification. Um, it was always this unsettling, uneasy uh, feeling in the house. It mm. was uh, it was mm. uh, um, yeah, it just just not comforting. Right. You know, that um, entity with the hat that you described your dad seeing is known to be kind of in general like a negative entity that thrives on fear do you have a sense of whether um these were ghosts or something more like an evil entity like slash demon yeah that's that's a great question um it's easy to probably you know because of what i laid out it it would be easy to attribute all of the, all of this phenomena to a to a prior owner or the ghost of a prior owner. Um, I I always interpreted the the man with the hat as as being the pri- the previous owner. Um, I didn't I didn't really know anything barber. about a, a, a another uh, standalone entity. I I thought it was the barber. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Who may have just worn a hat? Right? I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, if he if he was presenting himself that way, you know, from that, you know, that era. Um, yeah, people wore possible, a lot of hats then, sure. You know, yeah. um, and I, you said and a trench I, coat too, right? Trench coat, yeah. and I think I think he was the only owner. Um, he didn't have children. Oh. Mm. Um, I- and there was a sick elderly in-law uh who lived in the basement <laughs> oh, so, oh, we forgot yeah. about that oh my god dude yeah you know as as i as i got older i started to um you know kind of fine-tune my intuition and uh, i learned i learned some things from my father and my um my great aunt um and i started to develop you know, whatever capabilities I had. Um, and, and, um, I, I could s- save that for another session, but, um, I, I, uh, yes, come back for our psychic <laughs> episode. please. Yeah. yeah because yeah, I was like, going to uh, ask you about that. I was going to ask you if you ever had, you know, some of the things that you, you saw in your, your father as being sensitive and, and things like that, if you ever started having those experiences or developing those yeah, things. Yeah, that came later. That came in my 20s and 30s when I was, when I actually, you know, saw a ghost or um, was was able to um, identify uh, gender or, um, or um, intent, um, demeanor, of uh of uh, a ghost you know lack of a better word Um, so yeah i have uh i have a couple i have a a really good uh sighting story uh it's a brief one and then i have a real uh harrowing uh story with um a cousin um and uh a haunting of uh his house 
So oh, wow, okay. Well, I'm I'm happy to come back. We could we could leave it there. I yeah, know we we'd talked love to have you back for a long time. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I've got yeah. a couple, couple other ones that I, I would uh, I'd love to. Share. Okay, well maybe yeah. maybe we will save. I would, we need like, a part two, and maybe more yeah, maybe psychic. we will do a part two and have you come back. We would sure. love that. Yeah, well, and would I'd love it, to it, talk to you more about yeah your um, psychic sensitivities. I would definitely like to talk to you about that. Yeah, me and too. Anything, any, any other questions about the house? Uh, anything that... Uh... Well, so then, okay, your parents left and was that the last you ever saw it? Do you ever dream about it? Hmm. Um, no, but I, I do... Uh, I'll, I'll, there are things that'll, that'll happen that'll trigger memories. Um, you know, earlier when I was when I was thinking about how how noisy and unsettled it was, um, I remembered that if it was a windy night, you know, the house would the house would shake, like um, mm. the 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 uh, the foundation would would sort of sort of wobble, and um, you could hear the porcelain in the in the, in the toilet, you know the the, the toilet in the bathroom you could it would it would be that to that degree where you know on a, another floor you could you could sort of hear the the, the the porcelain components of the of the toilet you know the back of the toilet or, or something just sort of uh just just sort of uh, jiggled back and forth um oh my gosh it, it, yeah, yeah. It, and and there and there was these you know unexplained uh, knocks uh that that were there you know the the duration of the time i was there um do, do you feel like you know the fact that um your family was sensitive to these things that you were picking up on things that might not have happened yeah if someone else was there just distinctly possible yeah from just mm -hmm. the little bit of research i've done uh that uh yeah that that uh that sort of uh, sensitivity it can can be attractive to uh, mm, right, sort of entities right, and if any of those it knows entities, something someone's listening yeah yeah mm -hmm. and if any of those entities are are um advanced enough that they can use electricity um mm -hmm. there is there is a direct link to uh powering up the tv you know being able to control enough electricity to at least get a picture maybe you can't get picture and sound but the, it could produce mm. static it could gather whatever residual psychic energy was and and transfer that into um an, an electric component you know i've read i've read stories about uh you know phone phones ringing um you know mm -hmm. there, yeah. there are yeah. old things in my family like the family folklore about uh when a person died the clock would stop you know we we always heard stories like that growing up that is crazy my i'm sorry to interject here but when my mom passed the night she passed away we were all gathered at my aunt's house all of the relatives and a clock that they had in their living room that had not worked in years started working. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, those are, uh, uh, 
amazing stories. And I don't know, have you have you come across any other um, any other uh, participants who talked about the the use of elect electricity or? Oh yeah, um, I think that's a. Th I think it's a, it's a thing. It's generally understood that you know entities can somehow channel energy and interact with technology in some way and. Yeah, I feel like there's there's like a number of like um, I, I don't know like like our however whatever these energies or entities or whatever these things are phenomena are like our world look must look much different mm -hmm. uh, to them and there's potentially these cracks or whatever uh, you know these connections between our worlds and one of them might be electricity. One of them might be, you know, what we sometimes call in here liminal spaces, stairways, roadsides, things like that, corners. Corners, three in the morning. Um, three in the morning. There's these liminal oh. spaces, places, times that, okay, all right, we're going to get a bonus here. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 oh, uh, then I got to finish my what story. What happened Go at 333? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just may, I just I just remembered um, that before uh, my dad sold the house and moved, um, he was um, he was seeing uh, a number. He was seeing one one one. He said it would almost always. Uh, happen on his bedside um, clock, his digital clock. He would just look over and it was 111. 111. Okay. Mm. 111. Uh -oh. That's when he was like, we're fucking selling this house. Well, <laughs> he would say, he would lay, he told me he would lay in bed and he'd be like, don't look, don't look, don't look. You're not, you're not going to look. And then he would eventually look over and be 111. And this went on for months. He started to see it other other places, but mostly at night. And I I learned from a, one of those uh, paranormal investigation shows that um, one 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 is a mockery of the Holy Trinity. The, yes. the number for the Holy Trinity is what? three. Yeah. Well, yeah. We've talked about doing an episode on this because people often get scratch marks, and it's in a three pattern. There. You were going there. I was going there. Three scratches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One, one, one. Um, so there, there's an idea for an, another episode. But yeah. Um, that I actually is. know. Uh, I met someone who claimed that this happened to her. Um, had the scratches appear. Wow. Um, did, so can okay. I um, quickly finish the, re uh, the rest yeah, yeah. of the Yeah, yeah. Why don't you finish the Gary, the Gary Indiana? Indiana. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then, I mean, this is a Spooktober special. So, yeah, we can go a little. Yeah, it's here. a bonus for everybody. Yeah, and yeah, that was a great, bonus. that was a yes. like a great jumping off point. I mean, it happened really super yeah, yeah. organically. I'm so glad that you jumped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, so the flies. Yeah, flies this family moved in. This, this, you know, this woman, Latoya, her mother, Rosa, and the three children had moved into this home and they start seeing all of these flies collecting on the door. And then they start hearing footsteps coming up from the basement and then the door creaking open and nobody's there. 
you know, and then they try locking the door and it still happens. Um, And then it starts to escalate just like in, you know, the story you were, the stories you were sharing, Mike, Um, one night Latoya woke up and through the doorway of her room, she saw the shadowy figure of what looked like a man kind of stalking around the living room. And like a shadow person kind of a figure, you know, Mike, like what you described your dad saying. Um, So she gets up to see who's there, probably thinking someone's in the house and there was no one there. But on the floor, there were these large wet boot prints. And um, then things escalated to Amityville level on March 10th of 2012. So the family had recently lost a loved one and they had friends over the house where they were staying up late, you know, hanging out in the house with these friends, talking, probably, you know, comforting each other. So it was a late night for them. And Latoya, her 12-year-old daughter, and their friends had all congregated in the grandma's room. And the grandma wasn't in there at that time. They were just sitting probably on her bed talking. And at around 2 a.m., Rosa later said she heard LaToya scream out, Mama, Mama. So Rosa rushed into her bedroom where she sees her granddaughter levitating above the bed and unconscious. No, please, no. Yes. And LaToya and the others were surrounding her praying, obviously terrified. You know, they didn't know what to do. They're just praying. And um, Rosa was also obviously shocked and terrified. And she later said, I thought, what's going on? Why is this happening? And she said that as they watched, the girl eventually descended back to the bed. And when she woke up, she remembered nothing that had happened. So she had no sense, uh, you know, that she levitated. None of this was, you know, you know, almost like she'd been asleep the whole time. Um, And, you know, the visitors were spooked. And according to uh, Latoya and her mother, they refused to come back afterward, you know, which you can't blame them. I mean, mm-hmm, that's one mm-hmm. way to get rid of your house guests, I guess. But um, <laughs> wow. so things then turned violent. So Rosa said that the youngest boy once flew out of the bedroom as if he'd been thrown. On another occasion, the 12 year old girl was hit in the head by a headboard that apparently moved and she needed stitcher, stitches from the injury. And this, uh, the daughter later told mental health professionals that she felt like she was being choked and held down and that she would hear a voice saying she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes. So something very sinister is lying to her and trying to terrify her and fill her with dread. And then the family started noticing that there was like this dark murky liquid residue kind of on the blinds and they didn't know what it was. They would clean it off. It would come back. You know, they had no clue where it was coming from. And what's worse is that in the middle of all of this, they felt super isolated, like they had nowhere to turn. So they're Christian people. And when they tried to call local churches, they weren't taken seriously. Nobody listened to them. They were kind of just like, I don't know if people were, you know, afraid to go there or, you know, felt like it was just like, whoa, this is out of our depth or they just didn't buy it or what, who knows. 
Um, one church did tell them that the house had evil spirits, which is kind of like, no, duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then they reached out to two clairvoyants who told them some really bad news. They said that the house was infested with more than 200 demons <laughs> and advised them to move. But like financially at that point, they weren't in a position to do that. It's moving is super expensive. Not at a, you know, we can't all do that on a dime. So they did what they could and Latoya anointed the rooms with holy oil. She would read aloud from scripture. She constructed an altar in the basement um, where the footsteps were, you know, originating from and had some statues there of Mary and Jesus and a Bible open to Psalm 91, um, which is one of my favorite Psalms, by the way. Um, and things then got quiet, I guess, for about three days. There's number three again. And then they got worse. So hmm. according to reports in multiple sources, and this story is super well documented, like in, in yeah. so many news sources. Um, and I'll go into that a little bit later. Um, but the children started showing signs of possession. So their eyes bulged, their voices would alter, becoming deep and demonic sounding, just like something out of the exorcist. Um, the youngest boy would sit in his closet and have conversations with an invisible presence. The middle boy started talking about what getting killed felt like. Um, so before the attacks were external and now they're internal coming from within. So at one point, uh, Latoya was investigated by child protective services because someone had apparently seen these ev this evidence of what looked like abuse and reported yeah. her. So social workers then descended onto the scene and there was a caseworker named Valerie Washington who was assigned to interview the family at a local hospital. And according to her report, while she was interviewing them in the small examination room in a hospital, and others were there present as well. Yeah, there was the a cop there, yeah. Not well, the cop wasn't there yet, but it was a, oh, uh, yeah, it was a but, doctor or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the seven-year-old boy got a quote weird grin on his face, and so a nurse named Willie Lee Walker was also in the room when this occurred, and he later told the Indy Star that the child quote walked up the wall, flipped over, and stood there. There's no way he could have done that. And the you know Rose walk it up like backwards too, right? Sorry, sorry yeah, you yeah, you always yes, this is like burned yes, in my memory. Yes, yes, yeah. that's it's, that's what people say in other sources too. It's like he kind of like everything was like backwards, like walked up the wall backwards, and then just sort of like flipped over and it was like upside down. So the social worker also later stated to police in a report that the boy quote, oh yeah, here we go, glided backward on the floor while on the ceiling. Um, God, I know, I know, I know. See, this is why, this is why I told you guys, like I had to have the light on <laughs> last night. It was hard to sleep. So yeah. Latoya, um, said that, um, the medical personnel ran away when that happened. Um, understandable. And so then, you know, the police become involved, um, and they came to investigate and even they became believers. So, um, Charles Austin, who was the police captain at the time, and he was a 36-year veteran of the force. So he was streetwise, very skeptical, of course. He initially thought that this was a money-making scheme by the family. But after a few visits to the house, he changed his tune. So keep in mind, this is a big city cop. 
He'd been shot at, investigated many murders, other horrific crime scenes. He, you know, he's not somebody who scares easily. Um, but during the investigation, um, they actually caught a voice anomaly that was captured in the recording, and you can hear it coming from the basement. We'll post this on our on our site, and it's basically whispering, "Hey." Um, but what really scared uh -oh. Austin? I know. What really scared Austin? Um, he went back out into his patrol car and got on the phone outside of the house while it was parked. You know, he's talking on the phone after the investigation. And he told reporters as he was talking on the phone, quote, all of a sudden the AM FM radio went to static. There's your static, Mike. Only it's the radio. Yeah. Turned up very loud. And it said, you in there. And the person on the phone said, what the hell was that? And he said, I don't know. And we'll post that clip too. But those were his exact words. And he later told the Indy Star, I'm a believer. So finally, Latoya reached out to a priest, Reverend Michael uh, Maginot, in late spring. And he performed multiple exorcisms at the home. And he later called the house a portal to demons. So finally, um, later in 2012, LaToya Ammons finally moved her family out of the house, and she had a word of caution for skeptics. She said, when you hear something like this, don't assume it's not real, because I've lived it. I know it's real. And she was tearing up when you watch the Inside Edition clip in the interview. She's actually crying when she's talking about how bad, you know, she's like really emotional about it. So in 2014, um, Stories of the House reached Zach Begins, the star of Ghost Adventures, and he came to do his own investigation. And he was apparently so impressed by the phenomena that he bought the house for 35 grand and wanted to do a documentary and have it be like the demon house, you know, with some crazy like titling, like jagged titling or something with a font. But apparently... <laughs> <laughs> things started to go wrong or else he just wanted the ratings, you know, if you want to be a real skeptic about it, but he had it torn down two years later. And he told the Indie star in 2016, something was inside that house that had the ability to do things I've never seen before. Things that others carrying the highest form of credibility couldn't explain either. There was something there that was very dark yet highly intelligent and powerful. So, like I said, this was apparently one of the best documented haunting cases. Um, oh, one more thing. A photo was taken of the exterior at one point, and it shows a figure in the window. We'll also post that. And the house was empty at the time. It's pretty freaking spooky. Um, and many of these events are detailed in nearly 800 pages of official records. Wow. Yeah, wow. right. That's right. amazing. It's all like documented and like police, like the right. some of the right. phenomena are in police reports. Right. So we've got the Indianapolis yeah. Star, different news sources, more than a dozen interviews with police, Department of Children's Services personnel, yeah. mental health professionals, family members, and that Catholic priest. And that is the wow, haunting man. of the Gary, Indiana house. And they called it the Hell House or something, didn't they? Yeah, or, or the like Demon that? Portal yeah. or Demon House or, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, take yeah, your pick. That... It all kind of applies, right? <laughs> so, it, yeah. and you guys go do go on location, right? If there's a if there's a story or something you want to investigate, you will? Um, 
I guess we haven't done it like um, in that way. I mean, we I've I've been to places and then done stories about them, like Jerome and things like that. Same. But I don't think we've like yeah, and you've you've done some stuff like that as right, well. Right, and I've got one but, coming up with a haunted hotel. Yes. <laughs> so I guess yeah. I guess in a way, yes, not directly where we're like on site trying to do something, but we've definitely gone places as a part of like our research or you know, to sort of see for ourselves. Yeah, because I, I know you asked, you know, what my relationship with the house has, has been since. Yeah, right, right. Down. Yeah. And, I, and I have been back to, to that part of Pennsylvania and I have driven around and, you know, parked in front of it and looked at it. And uh, I, I, I would, you know, I, I became very interested in contacting the new owners and seeing if, if they had any issues um but i i stopped short you know once i kind of thought about how to practically do that um i didn't want to i didn't want to you know creep anybody out and yeah uh have them but i i was yeah very intrigued um by what has been happening there and um you know i i was just curious if you thought you know if it would be something that you'd be interested in exploring or um you know reaching out to them oh oh that's maybe interesting. Doing, doing <laughs> oh that is that is interesting. Or, you know because hey, i on the street is this house is haunted <laughs> i haven't yeah i mean how do you yeah, yeah. How, how do you approach like i thought well, what would i do i show up and say you know i used to live here and uh, anything weird happened like how would i go about initiating that and it was interesting it be, yeah. it if any of our listeners have any ideas we'd love to hear it <laughs> yeah, yeah. At gmail.com. yeah well i mean you know when we're christina was just reading this last story like i was thinking about how you know a lot of these stories we hear in a very sort of documentary way right a, a secondhand way and when you were telling your you know sharing your your experience mike you know you brought so much emotion to it mm -hmm. right this is really a personal story a family story you know for for this family that was in this house like this was their story this was their fucking life do you know what i mean and like yeah, yeah. you can sort of talk about it and have an opinion about it but like really there's an in internal interior story to all of this that's so particular to people and to families, right? That is mm -hmm. immutable and it's, and it's so personal, mm -hmm. right? And so even the, these previous, they may, have, they may have their totally own relationship with this place, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe they have an experience and maybe they have, like it's, it's wild to think about, but each, you know, no matter what has happened, like your story was about you and your life and this relationship to this place. And there's something really profound about that. And something that I imagine sticks with you, you know, yeah. I think some of these places, you know, we talked about this, I think in the last time, last couple episodes, you know, both sort of positive and negative places hold an energy. They hold a connection to something beyond and that connection we can sort of share in. You know what I mean? It doesn't go away. Like maybe there's some place within us that we access these places and, 
And maybe there's some place, something within these places that can access something beyond, right? And whether that, some cases we tend to talk about the negative ones, right? Because they make the scariest of stories, the stickiest of stories. But there certainly are ones of a of the other otherworldly nature as well, of a positive or sublime sort of thing. And so I don't know. It just really struck me this time. You know, I'm, I really appreciate you coming on, Mike, and um, you know, sharing your story because it really did strike me how much this is, you know, uh, um, about life and about people, uh, um, you know, and it was really, um, you know, I really appreciated being able to hear your, the emotional content of what you went through. Me too. Um, yeah. yeah. My my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so Uh, much for, for, uh, sharing this with us and with our listeners. I mean, I think it's, it's just so, you know, it's fascinating and, and, you know, it just raises so many interesting questions, too, about the nature of life and, you know, the, it, the larger, larger existence. Real, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a it's a mystery. It's that it's, it's that a thing mystery. that you'll never get yeah, to the bottom mystery. of. Right. It, it's right. like you, you might never By its know nature, the identity the of, the, of the Zodiac killer. Right. It's that thing that's always <laughs> right. kind of like, ah, uh, you could you could. You could scrape away at it or you could add to it, but you never, you never write, you know, you never know for sure. You can never, you never quite to the put your it. finger on it. Right. Yeah. 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 But we definitely want to hear, we definitely want you to, to come back. Yeah. <laughs> we want to do a part two. I want to hear the other stories and I want to hear about uh, your experiences um, further. So Me too. Oh, and, and um, we didn't we'll get a chance. Yeah. We didn't get a chance to enter you. Um, just, for our, you know, oh, yeah. right. people who are curious, yeah. Mike Gabriel is a—he's a graphic designer. He's a visual artist. He's a man of many talents. Um, he's lead singer and lyricist of a garage punk band called The Sermon. They put out an album on alternative tentacles. It's like—it's great. Um, he does this really cool artwork. Um, he also plays the theremin. And we really need some theremin music. Yes. For spooky yeah. season. Um, and Mike, tell tell people where they can find your stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have some artwork, and uh, you've got an Instagram. Yeah, I have an Instagram account, MikeGabriel.art, I think is the Instagram, and then uh, I have a personal website. It's Mike-Gabriel, G-A-B-R-I-E-L, dot com. Um, Feel free to have a look and uh, shoot me a message. I can uh, send you links to some some music, uh, some projects I've been involved with. Happy to happy to share that. Yeah. Awesome. Great. And uh, so happy Spooktober, everybody. Um, yes. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank, thank you, you for all of the lovely um, positive reviews we've been getting. Please. Um, Leave us more. If you're enjoying the show, it really helps us out. Leave us a you know a nice review. Tell us what you like about the show. And also reach out to us if you have any ideas for topics, things you want us to cover. Shadowland Podcast at gmail.com. Shadowland on Instagram or Shadowland Podcast on Instagram. And then you can DM us too. It's another way to get a hold of us. Cool. Well, I feel like we did it. I feel like we did a. We a, did haunted um, houses. Thank you haunted so houses. much, Mike Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mike. I, I hope this wasn't a marathon recording for you. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's it's Spooktober. We're we're down for the specials. So right on. Oh uh, yeah, when we appreciate you coming on. So yeah, thank all you. All right, thanks. 
All so right. until next time. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Shadowland Podcast is produced by Seth Javlin and Christina Callard. Edited by Tim Kelly. Theme music by Tim Lincoln. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim.